0: Listening to the Full Ten Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk.
1: Hello, and welcome to a belated Full Ten Yards Podcast on the seventh of December. Um, so we apologise for missing our Tuesday podcast, but uh, due to technical problems that we had on Tuesday with the pod, uh, we couldn't put our that episode unfortunately. Uh, but we'll more than make up for it for today. Uh, we'll be looking forward to the week 14 slate of games, hunting for some cash as we always do on a Friday, and announcing the winner of our November jersey competition, which obviously is belated, which we tried to do on Tuesday but had to wait until now. Um, some of you might be wondering why, what's going on and why you're hearing my voice is early in the pod, Um, But well, after the technical difficulties with our Tuesday pod, we've let Tim go, uh, and I've taken over responsibility for the podcast. Um, In his stead, I'm joined by a big friend of the podcast, um, betting extraordinaire, Adam Walford. Uh, Welcome, Adam. Good to have you on. Uh, Thanks for coming on uh, in Tim's stead. Uh, How are you, my friend? you okay?
2: Yeah, I'm brilliant. Thank you, mate. I'm glad that I can take Tim's spot for uh, the near future. And don't worry about the mishaps. Of
1: the day happens to the best of them. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, we got quite a few messages afterwards actually to say, sort of, uh, yeah, it happens to the best of us and all the like. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah uh, it's just one of those things. Isn't it? at the end of the day, um, just yeah. just for anyone who doesn't know, Adam, he's on with us every Friday. He's our resident tipster, and he and Tim uh, give their best selections for the week's betting around the NFL. So if you like football, like getting some money, uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Touchdown Tips or visit his website by the same name. Alternatively, you can listen to us every Friday, uh, and obviously you'll get the rundown of all the games, and then the betting as well. So, uh, just before we get into the games, just want to keep you, the good people, up to date with the latest news around the NFL. Uh, mainly centre around injuries, I'm just going to run through this really quickly. Uh, so, Landon Collins is done with the year, done for the year, should I say, uh, potentially needing shoulder surgery. Um, over in Denver, out west, uh, Emmanuel Sanders has torn an accolade. he's going to be out for the year. Pretty tough week for Denver, actually, after losing Chris Harris last weekend although that may be the chance for Deshaun Hamilton to uh, sort of step up and take the lead of Cortland Sutton and sort of take them, take the opportunity with both arms and uh, step up and make us all forget really and move on uh, to the future. Um, that's my Denver preview ruined. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. I'm sure we can get more in there. Um, on a more positive note, uh, Sam Donald's going to start on Sunday for the Jets, uh, so good pin to sort of get more reps even though that season is dead for that team. And uh, finally... Kelvin Benjamin, who which was released on Tuesday by the Bills, is going to land on his feet and by the time he's going to sign with the Chiefs, um, presumably he's going to back up Travis Kelsey at tight end. <laughs> uh, any, uh, What do you make of that news there with Kelvin ben- Benjamin, Adam?
2: It's, it's ridiculous, but um, the news today about Sammy Watkins makes it a bit more logical because he's probably out for four to six weeks with a foot injury, or re-aggravation of his foot injury, hmm. so I think they're going to keep him out to the playoffs. And I guess give a giant statue a go and see how that goes. If anyone can make it work, then it's Andy Reid, Mahomes and the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, they've, their offense has been just uh, on fire, hasn't it, for most of the season. So yeah, they'll probably be able to turn water into wine a little bit there. Um, but yeah, maybe they maybe they knew, like you say, with the Watkins injury and that does, uh, sort of, like you say, make it seem a bit more logical. Um, anything anything for you that I've missed out, just in regards to those injuries or anything else going on?
2: No, not really. Uh, Derek Wolfe got injured for the Broncos as well in that game. I think he's missing the rest of the season as well. So like you said, it was a, a rough game for them in such an easy victory. But mm. these things happen, especially in football. And obviously we know that there's injuries all the time.
1: Yeah, it's just part of the pass of the game, isn't it, really? And it's obviously that uh, next-man-up mentality that uh, you know, stands a lot of teams in good stead. Certainly a Chargers fan, and you as a Bengals fan this year, we definitely both know about that.
2: Definitely, yeah. I was not going to mention that, obviously, when we preview uh, the game against each other. Mm. Uh, yeah, just the fact that the Chargers normally have this look, and then you've got good coaching, so you manage to figure it out, where the Bengals have had all these injuries this year and just given up. Mm. Uh, they don't don't seem to be trying to work around it at all. So, yeah, we'll get into that in about a
1: quarter of an hour or so. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting wrinkle, just this... Um, just this podcast just for anyone who doesn't know obviously I'm a big Chargers fan and Adam is a Cincinnati Bengals fan and our teams are clashing this weekend which should make for an interesting little segment later on. Um, So just before we do dive into those. Yeah um, perfect timing. Yeah exactly yeah couldn't be, couldn't ask it to be planned better really could we. Um, so just before we dive into those week 14 games obviously there was a game just last night uh, a game in the AFC South a clash between the Jags and the Titans. Um, so just want to get your thoughts on this Adam and just before I do though I just want to um, just make note of something that I often do make note of and obviously anyone who's listened to the pod uh, will know how much I love a good uniform. And I don't mind calling out bad teams who have bad looks. Uh, I thought this was a great uniform clash, big fan of both of these new uniforms for both of these teams. And I thought the all navy versus all white was a really good mix. Uh, gets a big thumbs up from me. Um, so Adam, sorry, just, to, <laughs> just to move back towards the football, probably what people tune in for. Uh, what did you think of last night's game?
2: Uh, I'll read you word for word what I put on um, on my website I put it's really tough given the probable lack of action in this game uh, the Titans run game seems to have disappeared <laughs> although Derek Henry has picked up a few touchdowns in his last games five out
3: of the six, five of his TDs this season have come in the last six games so yeah I was uh, half right yeah. I, I got the fact that Henry's
2: picking up a bit but yeah the run game disappearing not quite He, um, he I read earlier that he'd had uh, ten fantasy points in three games this season, mm. and then he put up forty-three yesterday. Yeah, scoring, <laughs> scoring four touchdowns, two hundred thirty-eight yards, fourteen yards average per run apparently.
1: Yeah, quite a, quite an upturn, isn't it? Really, I bet um, there's quite a few people waking up to their fantasy lineup and uh, seeing all those points on their bench. I would say.
2: Yep, I had him in one of my leagues on the bench, and it was the right move because he's been useless. It's why I finished part of the league, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh,
2: I'd imagine most people had a bench and I don't think people should be too angry about it.
1: No, because I think, like you say, they're making the uh, making the call for the right reasons, that's he's not been great. I don't think he's been, he's been underwhelming for the rest of his career before this, to be honest with you. I think he's promised quite a lot and under-delivered quite he- heavily, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy, looking brilliant in college. He came out, he's a massive guy. He can run at, I think, 22 mile an hour or something, he ran today, mm. uh, yesterday. Um but he just seems afraid of contact normally. He goes into the into the melee and just falls over. But yeah, yesterday he, he was aided by some awful, awful defending, but still you score four
1: touchdowns, you can't really blame the defender. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, it makes you wonder why we don't see these sort of dominant displays more often. Like you said, he's got the sort of physique, he's got the pedigree coming from a huge like, programme from Alabama, Win the Heisman. Uh, you know, he just doesn't seem to like you say, he doesn't seem to relish contact. Although on that night nine um, yard touchdown run. He was uh, face palm everyone out of the way, wasn't he? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe proving a point a little bit. Well just, uh, just going on to those Jags, they seem to have given up a little bit to me. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I thought after last week the change to Cody Kessler, I think that gave them a little bit of a boost on defense. I the think they've thought, oh, okay, we we finally go into Blake, we'll give it a go. But then they realised he was garbage as well, and it seems like they did probably give up last night. They hmm. like say. The, the tackling was just, I, I'll admit, I've only really seen that big run, but he was slowing down to throw people on the floor, and then Miles Jack at the end didn't even bother trying, he just kind of waved an arm out. Mm,
1: yeah, it was a, a bit of a lack of effort, I think, like you said, I think they've given up, I think, they're looking towards next season, and maybe looking to clear house with the coaching well, staff, I don't think they'll last too much longer to honest with you. No,
2: the news out today was uh, <laughs> headline news. They might—they're considering moving on
1: from Blake Bortles. Oh well, <laughs> not exactly headline so. news, is it? <laughs> Unless that was sort of uh, one of those Facebook memories that pops up after you know a year or so.
2: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, finally, it looks like the management/slash uh, coaching staff, whatever. It looks like they finally realised that maybe he's not the man to take them to the promised land.
1: Mm, yeah, maybe he's run out of run out of lines after all these years.
2: Yeah, he can he can go back to doing his blank Bortle facts Twitter account and all on there
1: instead. Yeah, he definitely runs that himself, doesn't he? <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, so let's move on to those uh, four, week fourteen games, Adam. I'll start us off in Buffalo. Uh, so yeah, what a way to begin the podcast. Uh, Bills favored by three and a half, over under of thirty eight. Two teams that are dead eyes on the draft, eyes on next season. Pretty much like the Jags, I would say. Um, yeah, just looking towards next season and not really. Sort of any interest in, in this season moving forward. Uh, maybe trying out a few young guys and seeing what they've got in the back catalogue. Um, but we're around a month since the Bills handed the Jets a bit of a shellacky at the Meadowlands. And to be honest, I feel like that's the way it's going to go again. I think they're going to get the better of the Jets again. Um, like I said on the start, uh, at the start of the podcast, the Jets are welcoming back their quarterback, which is a bit of a boost. But I just have a feeling that the Bills have just got enough and obviously the Buckies feel the same way. Um, I think that feeling, surprisingly, comes from Josh Allen trending upwards a little bit. Um, I think he's becoming a real weapon with his legs and his scrambling ability. I've been critical of him in the past, Tim has and I know a lot of other people have. Um, Obviously still needs to work on his accuracy and that's going to define his ceiling, I would say. However, by the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like it's going to be very good weather in Buffalo. They're paying people to shovel the snow off the turf at New Era Field. Um, So it doesn't sound like his accuracy is going to be in question too much, it's going to be all on the ground.
2: Um, yeah, that's perfect for, for him. Like you said, he's he's actually making me want to watch the Bills, which is something I never thought I'd say this season. He's like you say, he's really entertaining and on the ground he does most of his work, so the weather should probably help him really.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I think that's gonna play into their hand. Um but yeah, like you I'm not gonna probably not gonna be tuning into this, although he does make him quite intriguing to sort of see how he goes and you know, I've been a detractor of it, like I said, but I'm definitely not against. I'm not closed off from thinking you know, in the future that he, if he does improve, I'm not closed off to thinking that he will be good because he has got all the tools, and that's never been a, a knock on him to be honest. He's always had that, but just the sort of mental aspect of the game, I think, has got away from him so far.
2: Yeah, and he'll get there with that with um, a bit of coaching. And the the, the worry was that he wasn't pro ready, wasn't it? Mm. But he's got the arm. He's got the legs. So, yeah, like you said, it's just his decision-making, which is going to be the key, and if he figures that out, or in fairness, if they get some weapons for him and he figures that out, then fingers crossed for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's playing the long game with him, aren't they? It's never about the first season, and especially, like you said, it's it's not exactly a great situation around him with his offensive talent and his uh, offensive line in front of him.
2: No, no, he's done a lot better than I thought he would. I told everyone to take under on any kind of win total for them this year, and they were five and a half. The line was set out, and I think they're on four, are they, at the moment?
1: Mm, yeah, that's right. That's right.
2: Um, so, yeah, a little bit, getting a little bit close to that line. But mm. at the moment, the way they're playing, and ju- the way Josh Allen's playing, <laughs> I don't even mind if they go over it, because he is
3: entertaining.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, so, let's move on to another team who sort of had those under-over win lines at the start of the season. Uh, you've got the Panthers visiting the Browns.
2: Yeah, the Panthers are one-point favourites at the moment. The over-under is 51. Uh, at Cleveland and it's a pretty tough game to call because a month ago I would have said the Carolina Panthers are going to win this easily but they've lost four in a row now they're one and five on the road going into Cleveland who are three and two at home, three, two and one at home so it's a, it's a really tough one to get my head around especially after last week where Baker Mayfield kind of fell apart with a bit of pressure in his face the, po- the positive thing for him is that the Panthers don't get a whole amount, a whole lot of pressure Um, if Britain's own F.A. Abada starts, then he could get a little bit of pressure on them, but that remains to be seen. Uh, Also, for Cleveland, Denzel Ward is out with concussion, which is a big loss for them. He was a defensive rookie of the year candidate, and he's been playing very well this year. Uh, Last week, he also threw four interceptions. He's thrown interceptions in four consecutive games now, and they've lost all of them. So, I think that looks like it's probably going to be a key to the game, and the Browns are pretty good at causing interceptions, so that should be very interesting there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you say, at the start of that, the Panthers really fell off a Cliff, haven't they? And, and Cam is sort of the catalyst of that. Uh, one guy who's sort of the antithesis of that is uh, Christian McCaffrey, who is the offence pretty much for the Panthers at the moment. And like you say, for the Browns, it's going to be all about keeping him him under wraps and then forcing further turnovers from Cam. Uh, Greg Williams, as we all know, likes to ramp it up, so it would be really interesting to sort of see uh, with the home crowd at their backs. Um I would actually go for the Browns in this one. I would go against against the line there. Um on this game to be honest with you. Uh just Panthers just stuck in reverse so much and the Browns are feisty and they're definitely more improved than we've seen, you know, in the last few years. Never mind, just in the last year.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um as you said with McCaffrey he got a hundred and a hundred on the ground and through the air a couple of weeks back. He ended with hundred and sixty one combined last yards last week and he's scored 11 touchdowns this season, so he is their offence. It doesn't help the Cam's obviously playing injured. He's got a shoulder injury. Um, resulting last week in the backup, Q, backup QB coming in for a Hail Mary, which you don't really see. I mean, admittedly, it probably should happen. You should have a specialist who could just lob it a long way. I don't see why they don't, because they're set, uh, obviously kickers, so why don't you have a guy who can just chuck it 80 yards? But everyone kind of got offended by that, the fact that Cam couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw it earlier on in the season, didn't we, with Andrew Luck? Andrew Locke obviously just coming back from a couple of seasons out with shoulder problems, and yeah, I think they did it with Jacoby Brissett did early on in the season, and yeah, it's an interesting yeah. chat, actually, I've never actually thought of it in a vacuum as much as that, of why not have just a Hail Mary specialist, but it's uh, it's an interesting sort of wrinkle, obviously, if you've got sort of weak noodle arm quarterback, yeah, would be a decent chance, maybe you should Get yourself in there for an offensive coordinator's job at some <laughs> point. <laughs> well, that was what I thought they might have done with Mahomes
2: last year with Smith, because obviously Smith was the, obviously going to be the quarterback last year. Mm. But I thought if they want to give him a couple of snaps, get him on there just to smash the ball down the field.
1: Yeah, he's strong, he but, can definitely do that this season.
2: Exactly, he's kind of proven his worth this season with it.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, One quarterback that doesn't have to worry about his arm strength is Aaron Rodgers, and he's featuring in my next game, uh, the Falcons at the Packers, Green Bay favoured by five, under over 50.5. Um, so obviously looking back, when we take us back to the start of the season, if we were looking forward at the calendar once it first came out, this would have been one of the games that everyone would have ringed on their calendar, and should have been one of the best games of the week if these teams had had the season that they were expecting to have at the start. Although they obviously had other plans. And strangely enough, this is a bit of an afterthought now, to be honest with you. Neither of these teams are going to make the postseason. But that said, I think this could be actually quite a fun game. Could be a little bit of a shootout. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be pissed off, let's say. Uh, playing a little mad, as we all know. On the other side, of the Falcons' offence can put the points with the best of them. Uh, so this one could be a bit of a shootout. Um, I do think Atlanta is favourite to be the favourite. I would back them in this one. Um, I think they're the better team of the two. And Dion Jones came back last week, and he played really well. He led the team in tackles. Um, so I think you know he sort of gives them that sort of emphasis again on defence, which they've missed. So much, uh, and they could wrap up Aaron Jones and make it a sort of a Aaron Rodgers versus the world kind of game. Uh, with that in mind, that's not a problem for Green Bay. So I think that uh, over/under is going to be threatened. So I can see there being a lot of points in this one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, Green Bay are the favourites at home, um, and I, I agree with you that I think Rodgers will be playing paid off. He looks like he couldn't be bothered the last few weeks, and that's probably because he wanted to get rid of McCarthy, which he's finally managed to do, so it wouldn't be any surprise to see him coming out and having a four, five
1: touchdown game. Controversy. I like it. I like I like a bit of yeah. a conspiracy theory. <laughs> but yeah, just, just call it now, I see it. No, it's, it's, it's probably quite how everyone's seen it, to be honest with you, isn't it? Especially over recent recent time. Um, there's definitely been some sort of rift or some sort of inner in battle there uh, that, you know... Aaron Rodgers is always really going to win because you're not going to side with any coach over, you know, a quarterback uh, that's as good as he is and as talented as he is. No, yeah, exactly. <coughs> okay, moving on. So, AFC battle for you. Uh, Ravens up against those Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Yeah, really, really interesting match and I'm glad it's the Sky game. Uh, hmm. Well, I, actually, I'm lying there. I'm not glad it's a Sky game because I've game pass so I won't be able to watch it. But... Um, <laughs> probably game of the week in the early kickoffs for sure. Uh, Best defence against best offence. Generally, you would side with the best defence, but I don't think so. I think Mahomes is just that good, and the fact that he can basically teleport the ball to wherever he wants (laughs) on the field, I don't see in the way to be able to stop it. The Chiefs offensive line's been alright, and when it's not, Mahomes scrambles and then throws a laser down the field, so they don't need to worry there. Uh, The Chiefs' defence hasn't been brilliant, but they should be able to get a little bit of pressure on uh, whoever's at quarterback. There's been rumours this week, mainly um, circulated by by Harbour, that they're going to split snaps, which seems ridiculous because Jackson's won all three of his games so far. So I'd be amazed if that happens, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, The Chiefs have won all their games at home. They're very good. So, he, the Chiefs cover, I forgot to mention that at the start, and the over-under is uh, a little bit more difficult to pick. Uh, but I'll get into that when I do the punting later. Um, the Lamar Jackson being a quarterback, I would be amazed if he doesn't keep there uh, because he's also been improving their defence over the last few weeks. Basically, they're playing like Dallas do with Zeke. They're mm. keeping mm. the ball more, they're yeah. like keeping the defence rested giving them more chance to just come out on fire when they do have to come out, and it's helping the team as a whole.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, I would totally agree with that about Lamar. Uh, I would be shocked again like you if he didn't play. He should play, deserves to. To win three games in a row, uh, to win three games at all as a rookie, a quarterback in the National Football League, is a difficult task, and he's done that. Um, I don't care that people say he's a running back, blah, blah, blah. Don't really buy into that. It's not his offense yet. Um, It's going to be his offense next year once he becomes the... Um, permanent starter, um, and like you say, he's, he's played well, he's improved aspects of the team, they're on a roll, they're only half a game back from Pittsburgh now, so they need to carry on this good feeling, and carry on rolling with him. I would say. Um, it's interesting that you got brought up that it's number one defence versus number one offence, uh, earlier on this season, I think we had the same scenario with the Ravens versus the Saints, and I went defence then, and obviously the Saints won by a point. Uh, I'd be inclined yeah. to go with the Chiefs as you do. Uh, but obviously my heart wants the Chiefs to lose (laughs) Um, you know, because we're only one game back from them in that title race Uh, but yeah, this is going to be a really good game I think, like you say, it's definitely the the game of the early slate for sure, Uh, really interesting and I'm in the same boat as you, unfortunately that I won't be watching this one because it would black out my game pass as well Um, but yeah, Yeah. it's a difficult one to call Um, I I think I would be able to say the Chiefs will win but they probably won't cover the spread.
2: Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, I, I may be going for the Chiefs minus six and a half out of chat with a few of uh, my betting mates during the week, and we all kind of agreed that the line's wrong, that it should be more than that. But, yeah, I, as always, we'll see what happens. Um, It should... I have have got access to Sky, so I, I will know. be watching it as as well as, uh, as well as watching... Uh well actually our game's later on isn't it our game's an nine o'clock game yeah. so I'll uh, yeah I'll, I'll figure something else to watch oh well, red zone obviously yeah and then um and then yeah the ravens versus chiefs in the uh, on sky as well
1: yeah there's always ways and means isn't there we shouldn't all any more on the podcast but there's definitely <coughs> ways and means <Reddit>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we'll have to edit that one out I think. <laughs> moving sw- that's, moving that's, swiftly. That's what I said. Edit. edit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly on to the Dolphins uh, against the Patriots in Miami. Uh, Patriots favored by seven and a half over under forty-seven. So the Dolphins are still in the hunt. Uh, I have literally no idea how or why, but they are. Uh, the next two games, however, are the Pats and the Vikings. So it's make or break time. They win either of these, then they'll stick around. But thankfully, personally, I don't see them winning either. This team has flattened for deceive the whole season. They're not that good. They shouldn't be in the hunt. Hopefully we can get them a win, a loss or two, sorry, and bury them and welcome them to the 19 draft season. It's not that I dislike the Finns. I just don't think they're that good. I think they've stuck around for way too long to be talked about. Hopefully this is just a routine Pats win. I think it will be. They're just going to roll through their division pretty easily, as per usual under the Brady and Belichick era. And I think the fact that they're favoured by over a, t- over a touchdown uh, says it all. Uh, I think they're just ramping up now to the, preparing for the playoffs and really hitting their straps at the right time.
2: Yeah, it seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, they're, they're getting players fit, they're getting connections better. They got expert head back last week to add a little bit more to the running game. And apparently, James Devlin is apparently their goal line back now, which seems ridiculous. Uh, one one little note with it is Miami are missing Xavier Howard, who's mm. been in pro ball form this year, which is a massive loss for them. Um but they have a really strange history. That the Dolphins have won four of the last five against the Patriots in Miami.
1: I didn't which know. that. you
2: wouldn't you wouldn't have thought at all. No, it, you wouldn't. It's have. just one of those weird little quirks.
1: Yeah, I mean it doesn't put me off from anything that I've just said, but that is a very, very odd uh yeah, little stat that you've got. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm pretty pretty surprised yeah. by that, but um I don't think anyone's gonna care about that, uh, in the New England camp, to be honest with you.
2: No, definitely not. If anything, it'll give Belichick more reason to smash them to bits.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's what will happen as well, to be I think this could be quite a big one. Um, like I say, not, yeah. not too impressed with the Dolphins this season.
2: No, they, they, they've been horrible to watch, but hmm. much like a couple others, somehow get getting results. I mean,. They've had a very home heavy schedule early on and that's when it's eighty eighty to hundred degrees and really humid and uh, I think that's what's been winning in the games basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah no I can definitely agree with that. Um for sure. So um yeah. so next up we'll move on to yourself, uh to a rival game in the South in the NFC Saints going down to Raymond James Stadium to play the books.
2: Yeah, another one that I think um I think this could be the one I watched. Over um, over Red Zone, it should be a cracking game. An NSC South divisional rivalry. Obviously, the Bucks beat them in the first game of the season, um, and the Saints are nine and a half point favorites. The total is fifty-four. that's come down a few points from earlier in the week, as apparently the weather's not meant to be very good there either. It meant to be windy and wet. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's
2: going to uh, be really rainy, isn't it? I think? So. Yeah. So yeah, that that's going to probably hurt them. The Bucks at home. The last time the Saints covered 10 points was in 2010. So it's been seven years since they've covered that kind of spread in in Raymond James Stadium. Uh, The key for the Bucks recently, and will be in this game, is Jameis keeping it safe. He's Mm. not turned the ball over in two games, and he only had one in the game before that. And they've won both the games where he's not given the ball away. So if the McCoy the crew on the defence can get some pressure on which is very difficult against one of the best defensive lines in the league then there's no reason why I can't see them keeping it close uh, it's yeah it's a really tough one to call again logic says that the Saints will walk all over them but it's just the history and the fact that the Saints in the last couple of weeks seem to have had a little bit of a decline like Breeze has only thrown for 171 and 127 yards in the last couple of games mm. Um and even Kamara hasn't ran for too much. He had 83 and 36 over the last couple of games, and Ingram, 52 and 27. They've they they've just not been put up the yards. Obviously, they got a result in one of them, and then the Dallas defence, which I hate to admit it, but Tim's not here, so I can is pretty good. Uh, it obviously held them to 10 points the other week, but it, I don't know whether it's the Saints have peaked too early or whether it's just a little bit of a blip. I... I lean towards it being a blip because they are a very good team. But, this game in Tampa, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than we all expect.
1: Yeah, on paper it's one of those that you you sort of look at and you look at it for two seconds and then you make the decision and you sort of say that the Saints are going to win quite easily. But yeah, when you take into all all of the other factors, it becomes a bit more close, doesn't it? Obviously, the Tampa Bay offense has put up numbers all year. Um, it's going to be a shootout I would say um, and yeah it's one of those rivalry games as well isn't it, they always seem to be played with a little bit more needle, a little bit more edge and it always always makes it a little bit more closer so yeah I don't expect the Saints to cover that uh, 9.5 point spread and uh, yeah I'd, I'd say it's going to be close, it's definitely a, a potential trap game I would say uh, this one and like I say it's just it could add to that feeling perhaps that the, the Saints are sort of going through a little bit of a rougher time of it and perhaps, like you say, peaked a little bit too early. I'm I'm in your boat. though, I don't think they have peaked too early. I do think they are just sort of going through a little bit of a a sort of a lull. But they will sort of peak again, uh, probably just in time for the playoffs, as all good teams do. Um, but yeah, if they if they drop this one, then the questions are going to be asked.
2: Yeah, they they need to win it. They got Panthers, Steelers, Panthers in mm. the last three games. The Saints, so they they really need to take care of this one because those aren't those they're
3: three t- tough games.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, okay, so moving on to my next game. So this is another big rivalry game, this time in the, in the East. Um, the Giants at the Redskins. Giants favoured by 3.5 over under 41. Um, so this, like I say, this game is a big rivalry game. It's not really got anything riding on it, though, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but that will want the bragging rights over each other. Uh, the Skins squeak this one by 3 points earlier on in the season. That's when they had Alex Smith as a quarterback and some sort of semblance of an offensive line, which they, which they don't have now. Now it's the Sanchise in the centre, and I don't think it's going to end particularly well for the Redskins. Um, I don't actually think they'll win another game this year. Uh, their main schedule is the Giants, the Jags, the Titans and Eagles. Eagles, um, and how things changed. Before Smith's injury, they were heading for a divisional title in the playoffs, although in the worst division of football, um, yeah. but nonetheless. Um, considering it's Mark Sanchez under centre, um, yeah, obviously that's not going to happen. And I think they're going to game plan him and mask him as much out as they can. I think, I think it's going to be heavy dose of Adrian Peterson for this one. Um, just looking over to the side for the Giants, as usual, when I predict the Giants win, it's down to them having superior playmakers on their offence. So, what happened for Barclay, OBJ, Sterling Shepard? Uh, I think they're going to take over the game. So, I think the Redskins just on such a decline with all the injuries that they've got. Um, and. You know, they've got some emotional news, obviously Alex Smith has been announced he's got some sort of infection in his leg as well, so they they could be playing for him and that could be quite an emotional locker room, uh, so it could be the best, it could be the team who gets sort of the better of the emotions as well in this one, which would be another factor.
2: Yeah, it's horrible isn't it, the Alex first news. I mean, when, when it was announced as was a compound fracture, obviously the bone comes through the skin
3: and
2: mm. it, I read at the time that that's more likely to get an infection, but it never you never seem to think about it, you just assume it'll be okay, but yeah, the reports coming out are really not good for him, and saying that he he will struggle to come back again, which is horrible, because he seems like such a nice bloke, and obviously the, the help that he gave Mahomes last year um, just shows how humble he was, really, that he knew that he was moving on, and he did everything he could to get Mahomes ready for the next season, which he obviously did a very good job of. Mm,
1: yeah, for sure. He's also got, um, it wasn't a clean sort of vertical or horizontal break. He's also a spiral fracture as well, which yeah. takes way way longer to heal as well. So, yeah, definitely an uphill battle there. And obviously, we wish him the best. Um, obviously, Alex, if you if you are listening, hold best with the injury, hope you come back <laughs> stronger. Um, you know, whatever wherever you do end up. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm sure I'm sure he's resting up. I'm sure he is. No. Yeah, he, he, he'll be uh, email. He'll be emailing asking where the Tuesday podcast is. Exactly,
1: I'm, I'm sure he's playing. Been, uh, it's in the pile of all the emails that we got asking where that was. <laughs> uh, it's in there be somewhere. There somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, next game, Adam, uh, can the Colts get back on the horse quickly against the Texans?
2: Yeah, they need to buckle their ideas a little bit, don't <laughs> they, after last week.
1: Excellent, <laughs> we have to get the pun in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we're doing a better job than Tim with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Colts at the Texans, the Colts are uh, four and a half point underdogs. The over-under is now 50. That's gone up a tiny bit from earlier in the week. Uh, yeah, the Colts, I thought, were looking really good. And they were one that I kind of thought might have stuck the division. Uh, that seems very unlikely now, being um, three games back from the Texans. But who knows? This could be the start of it. Yeah, the, the, I don't really know what happened last week with them. Like I say, I, it might have just been a case of the Jacksonville... Um, stepping up because they finally got rid of Blake Bortles or maybe Luck just getting a little bit tired obviously he's not played for two seasons but I'm hoping it was just one of those games I mean it's the first game in nine that he hasn't thrown for over for three or more touchdowns and that was one way of breaking that streak Uh, the injuries at tight end probably haven't helped him Eric Ebon was one of his favourite targets sorry Doyle was one of his favourite targets and he was left with Ebon who got a heck of a lot of the ball last year? Last week he had ten catches from sixteen targets. Um, T. Y. Hilton is on the injury report this week with a shoulder injury. Apparently they're hopeful, which never, never really sounds very good. No. Uh, that he'll play this weekend. I I would say you would because it is their season basically. If they lose this, they're going to struggle for the playoffs. Mm. Um, so I would not, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. Yeah. Um, yeah. From from the Texans side of it. Uh, Lamar Miller has had four 100-yard rushing games in the last six uh, pretty much ever since I told everyone that he was dead to me because <laughs> I just think he's pretty much garbage, but he's doing it it's, uh, it seems to be working for him behind one of the worst defensive lines I'm assuming over the last few weeks he's got a little bit better uh, I'll be honest, the Texans are, I, I've not rated them all season not just because they've lost the first three games just because they, they don't they don't ever seem to impress, they seem to win by one, one score. And they've won nine in a row, and
3: <laughs> it just yeah. seems,
2: to gone, seems to have gone completely under the radar. I don't really, don't really get what, what I've been missing. But,
1: no, to, yeah, be honest, be, to be honest with you, I mean exactly the same boat. I, Texans are never a team that particularly excite me, um, but it does seem completely crazy to, to say that when you see what run they're on. Um, which means leads me to sort of think that they're not sort of infallible, and the Colts could get one on this because I do think last week was a bit of a anomaly. I do think it was a bit of a blip. Obviously, it was a very very strange game. It was a terrible game. I don't know about you, but I, for some reason I watched it all. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I've been banging the drum for the Colts over the last few weeks and saying they might steal the sixth seed. Um, they would need to win this one if that was to come true. Um, you know, that's getting pretty tight as you say. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty difficult one to call, I'll probably go with the form and say the Texans are going to win this one, but um, wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I want to lean towards the Colts, but then I look at their offensive line, and they're on their third third or fourth string starter at mm. uh, centre, and he's going to be going up against JJ Watt, Winnie Mercer's Liz, and and uh, the other fella.
1: Do they know, mean
2: Clowney? Yeah, against Clowney, against M3, so... That kind of makes me lean towards the Texans, hmm. uh, which I don't want to do. And I definitely wouldn't be touching them on the spread. Uh, but yeah, the the Texans are actually five and one on the road. I think. Yeah. Which hmm. again just seems seems crazy, but they have oh no sorry they're four and two on the road. But um, no sorry they're five and one at home. They're playing at home. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's a really difficult one to call, but I wouldn't be surprised. If um, if the Colts won, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans won. I do think the Texans will win just because of that defensive line against that um, O line. Mm. Yeah, I'd yeah, go along with
1: that one to be honest with
2: you. But uh, if you look at the um, the wildcard picture, you got the Dolphins who are obviously are playing the Pats, mm. uh, six and six. You got the Ravens at seven and five who are playing the Chiefs, so you got to think that'll be seven and six. You got the Titans at seven and six. Um, so. If the Colts get the win, they're, they're bang there.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It is it is their season, so, yeah, they they need to win this one, otherwise they're pretty much done, I think.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that one, for sure. Um, I'm going to mention one other of the little caveat to that little race later on, actually. Just a little teaser for everyone there. Mm. Before we move on to the next game, which is our game, Bengals at Chargers. Chargers by 14.5, which I think is quite large. Uh, under over is 47.5. Um. So yeah, like like we said earlier, I couldn't have really written this, and your appearance uh, at a better time, to be honest with you. Um. But we couldn't really be more of a different place for our teams, I'd imagine. Uh, Chargers have just come off essentially a season-defining win in Pittsburgh, riding the wave of optimism, whereas the Bengals have lost the QB, best player, and all hope in the last few weeks. Um. So I don't want to pour it on. Just want to sort of say, how do you feel about this?
2: <laughs> yeah that that's pretty much point on yeah
1: um, <laughs> it's
2: it's a weird one from a betting point of view a home field advantage is normally about three points mm. so that would take it down to 11 so they're saying the Chargers are only 11 points better than the Bengals and frankly that's installed to the Chargers at the moment <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such, such a mess in Cincinnati and it's so frustrating given the fact that we started the season so well
3: mm, yeah, but it
2: did. as we mentioned well I alluded to at the start the the injuries, you guys are used to this, we're not. The the Bengals have had so many injuries to key players all through the season and it's just killed the season. I mean, we lost obviously Eifert quite early on. Carl Lawson, I think, is sneakily probably one of the bigger injuries because oh yeah, the pass rush was doing really well with him and then he went away and Dunlop and Atkins just can't get any pressure on any quarterback. It's, it's horrible to watch. Because you know exactly what's going to happen. The quarterback's going to stand there. He's going to have four or five seconds to throw the ball. And our defense just isn't going to be able to cope with it because the linebackers are too slow. The cornerbacks, we've got William Jackson, who's one of the best ones in the league. But they know to just target Draco Patrick, who gives away silly fouls and he's just not good enough. Yeah, it's, it's been a very frustrating year, mainly due to injuries, but the coaching as well, which hopefully... Hopefully, it's finally going to come to an end this year. We'll mm. see, because uh, it's the Bengals, and they'll probably just promote you. But if they <laughs> do, uh, I, I can't. I think we'll have less fans than the Chargers have in attendance in their
3: games.
1: Oh, I had to I had to get that one in there. Didn't <laughs> <you>? <laughs> it's all I've got to cling to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'll be quite a bit of orange and black around the stadium. I'm sure. Um, it doesn't help that the the sort of the road sort of sideline is the one that is where the TV cameras are pointed. Um, in the in the stadium. But anyway, move on quickly from that. Just talking about injuries um, and and vital injury as well. Um, it's definitely been announced today that Melvin Gordon is going to miss the game. So obviously that's yeah. positive for you to cling to um, in that one. But yeah, like you say, it's it's kind of not the Ryan's on the wall that's kind of writing it off so far, so early. And obviously the Chargers can't slip up. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's just in the in the secondary, just throw it away from Jesse Bates, throw it away from William Jackson, and it should be easy pickings. Pretty much Yeah, um,
2: yeah so... you, you Obviously last week Against the Steelers You just had Keenan Allen In the slot Against the linebacker Didn't you
1: Yeah And just... that
2: worked all night And the Bengals Have no ability To adjust to anything So I'd imagine You'll just find The weakness this week Which In fact it shouldn't be difficult And just target that For the whole game
1: Oh well, I, can't, I can't wait To watch this one then <laughs> No
2: the, the, the Bengals Can't stop the run either So Justin Jackson Or Ratcliffe They're going to have A field day
1: there you go, there, everyone. There's, there's your fantasy advice um, from Adam. Uh, yep. Sign up your Chargers, get Justin Jackson there. I'm sure he'll be on waivers. Um, Game in there. And uh, watch the points flow, maybe.
2: He's not in waivers on any of my leagues. So I've got him in all of them.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> and and he, he will be mentioned later on if I can find a price on him. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, another little teaser. Quite a few little teasers going on uh, yeah. here tonight. Yeah, I can't promote, the, uh, can't the section. Um anyway let's move on. Uh we'll, we won't go too far into that. I don't want to overcommit with uh, with promises for it to bite me in the backside later on. Um
2: <laughs> no, the Chargers the only fan, thing I would say the only bad thing for the Chargers this year is that you're probably going to be the best second place team in history which is which is typical Chargers really. Yeah. <laughs> you finally have the season you've been capable of for for the last five, six years, and the Chiefs turn up and have a slightly better season, than you?
1: Yeah, and we've got Patrick Holmes in our division for the next twelve years <laughs> plus. So <Yeah>. happy days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something to look forward to. You're yeah. gonna to have to find your QB because
2: Phil yeah. Rivers is gonna look after his seventeen children soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby number nine on the way soon. Congrats yeah, to them every, every off season. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're big fans of the pod as well. Congrats to Philip and Tiffany for yeah. their, their ninth time. I-
2: I would love Phil Rivers, he's one of my favourite, favourite <laughs> people to watch in the league,
1: he's so entertaining to watch. Yeah, no, that's completely great, it was also a pleasure to meet him earlier on the season when I went to the Wembley game, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah enough... I, I went but, down to that one wearing an LTT shirt, but, uh, uh, LT jersey, so I was yeah. with you on that
3: game.
1: Yeah, yeah, enough name dropping anyway, let's move on to the next game. <laughs> um, Denver's trip out west to San Francisco for yourself, um, Denver by three and a half, I believe, and the under over
2: 45.5. Yeah, the... um. This one's become a little bit more dicey, given the news this week with Emmanuel Sanders. Like you said, you've got Deshaun Hamilton will probably fill in in the slot. Colin Sutherland and Tim Patrick, who apparently is a real football player, is uh, will probably take the outside spots. Um, <clears throat> but they shouldn't need them, frankly. It should just be Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman all game, and
3: mainly Philip Lindsay, who is going to break the rookie, uh, so the undrafted
2: rookie rushing yards for any season. I think he needs 12.50. Uh, he's, he's nearly, I think he's just over, just around 1,000 at the moment. So I would be very surprised if he doesn't break that for the season. Hmm. Um, but the, the main bit of this game is that Denver need the win. The 49ers need the loss, yeah. really, because they are fighting for probably Nick Bosa.
3: Yeah, yeah um, completely.
2: In the draft, so I don't know whether Shanahan's capable of throwing the game, or <laughs> Getting his team not to try, but the fact that Matt Brady's out already probably helps them. Although Jeff Wilson Jr. had an amazing week last week, I think he had around 150 uh, total yards. Um, it looks like Pierre Garcon's out again, so Dante Pentis will be a good shout for your DFS lineups and a couple of long shot bets. Um, but yeah, this should be should be despite the injuries a fairly routine win for Denver.
1: Yeah, you would say so, wouldn't you? Um, like you said, I think the first thing that I thought of when I saw this game is that, like, you, like you perfectly put it, um, Denver need to win and San Francisco need to lose. So that should that should just be it. It should just be agreed, handshake before the game, no injuries taken from either side let's move on.
2: Yeah, uh, just uh, just read that Marquis Goodwin will be returning, so okay. maybe that takes a little bit off Dante Pettis, unfortunately, but yeah. good for him because obviously he's had. He's been off for personal reasons, and mm. his personal reasons have been pretty horrific over the last few years, so hopefully yeah. it's nothing, nothing too extreme for him.
1: Yeah, definitely. Could definitely do with catching a break. Um, definitely. Just, just one thing that I want to mention really quickly about um, Jeff Wilson and Philip Lindsay. Obviously, Philip Lindsay has been a great find, don't really take anything away from him, but just wanted to get your views, obviously, on these, these guys just coming out of nowhere, undrafted, and I believe Jeff Wilson's also undrafted. It sort of says that you can find running backs on trees, doesn't
2: it? It it suggests that, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess I think the Jeff Wilson one's more Shanahan because he is a very good offensive mind mm. and he oh, knows
3: certainly.
2: he obviously gets players to fit his system and he's obviously very good at it. Mm. Uh the Philip Lindsay one, he's a local local lad, wasn't he? He's from Colorado, yeah. so um I believe he turned down offers I think he turned down an offer from Miami. So he could stay at home basically. So he had a lot to prove but yeah it is, it's it's a tough one it's, I don't really know where who to blame if blame's really the word uh, for these guys going undrafted or who yeah I don't know it's
1: um th- that's why they don't get the big money yeah. is because yeah. you can find them that's the reason why Le'Veon Bell is not playing in the league at the moment and James Connor is tearing it up to me. yeah um, and that's, like I say, it's all the leverage um, that the teams need against players, even as good as Lev Bell, to not pay him as, in the extortionate way that he wants to be paid. Uh, and I can see both sides of the story, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, it's a short career, put themselves on the line each week, and you know deserve to be compensated But obviously, it's a business at the end of the day, and you've got to weigh up the sort of cost-benefit value, and see how that weighs out on each side, I guess. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So let's move on, uh, move on to the matchup in the NFC East and the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Um, like you say, that feisty good defense of Dallas, and they're favored by 3.5 points, and it's over under 44. Um, so the Cowboys need to take this one. As I said earlier on, they're sort of going towards the division after Washington's demise. Um, the Eagles just feel sh- super shorthanded handed at the moment. Um, for the first time in a really long time, like we said, the Cowboys have got that really good defense to lean on. I think they'll see Zeke get fed and they'll ask the defence to keep the score low enough for them to just get over the hump. Um, this is one of the tougher spots that Carson Wentz has been in in recent times, I would say. Um, I think just across the board, they've had a lot of injuries. I don't know if we say that, you know, who hasn't and all that, but um, they really have been sort of decimated. And, you know, if they're going to come out of this, they've got to sort of essentially enter playoff mode right now. They can't lose any more games, especially against divisional rivals. Um, you know, win for Philadelphia throws this race wide open, Um so it's it's time to fly or die for the Super Bowl champions, I would say. Yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah, if they win, they're seven and six. The Cowboys the Cowboys, will be seven and six. So, yeah, the it's the, injury, the injuries on the back end there is obviously is the worry, but the Cowboys don't really use the passing game that much. And really, Murray Cooper's been very good for them recently, but uh, the Eagles. Have a good run defense, so it could could set up well in this game.
1: Yeah, could be could be an interesting one. It's it's turned into a, a, a quite an interesting division actually. Although the standard of some of the, the playing by some of these teams reminds me of bald men fighting over combs, but it is it is waking up to be quite an interesting title right over in the east. Um, I do I would favour Dallas as the healthiest team, and they do seem to be improved as you say by Cooper coming over there and opening it up a little bit. Um, Dak is throwing over 200 yards in some games now, which has been you know, a, a miracle at times.
2: Yeah, it's ludicrous, yeah. isn't it? It's something I never thought I'd see
1: again. <laughs> anyway, Tim will listen to this at some point, so we can't, we can't, uh, <laughs> we can't talk about the Cowboys too much in a negative light. So let's move he'll straight sk- on. He'll skip past this one. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to uh, Pittsburgh, who play in Oakland, trying to get back on, on track after the loss to the Chargers. Um yeah, how do you see two, this one going?
2: Two losses in a row for the Steelers. Um, they are... Ten point favorites in this one, over under fifty one point five now. Mm. Um, yeah, I, obviously I am not the biggest fan of the Steelers, um, and <laughs> been rev, reveling in their their mishaps recently. Like you said earlier, they've it's opened up the division for the Ravens uh, to potentially sneak in there. And with the tie, I think that probably hurts the Steelers more than it than it benefits them. Uh, they're one they Ravens and Steelers um, split the division as well, they won one each, Mm. so that doesn't change anything. Uh, This is the kind of game the Steelers mess up, but the fact that they've lost the last two, I don't see how they can not be motivated for it. Um, The only lack of motivation I can imagine is the fact that they have the Patriots and then the Saints in the next two weeks. Mm. they may as well just give up against the Patriots already because they never beat them um, but yeah I, there's no way in hell I would back uh, the pit, the Steelers minus 10 no. because it, it'd just be stupid um, obviously this week James Connors out um, so it'll probably Jalen Samuels slash Stephen Ridley backfield mm. uh, they have been working both of them out this week um, Jalen Samuels is probably a little play for DFS but He's going to be um, taken in most teams, I would imagine, because he's dirt cheap on there. Uh, So, yeah, um, the Raiders, if anyone really cares about their side of the ball, Doug Martin is (laughs) questionable with a knee injury, but they signed CJ Anderson in the week, and I'm assuming that's why they signed him. Uh, Not sure it really changes anything, frankly.
3: Um,
2: my, My boy, Marcel Aitman, scored a touchdown the week after I advised him. Um, so, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a ball again. Uh, I would probably take the under 51 on this one. I think that's a really high total for a game where I can't imagine the Raiders scoring much, and the Steelers normally mess up. Uh, so, yeah, the Steelers should win.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, maybe that under was boosted by the Raiders' score against Kansas City last week, perhaps. Yeah. And um, just you sort of alluded to this little caveat that I, that I mentioned earlier on. Um could Pittsburgh Steelers miss the playoffs altogether that's my that's my question um like you say this comes from the fact that the raiders are uh, playing the steelers and it looks like a game that the steelers should win quite easily but the steelers have a habit of playing down to the level of their opponents so it could potentially be a trap game and then like you said they've got the patriots and then the saints um in successive weeks after this if they lose both of those games they they're in, they're in danger of of missing
2: out altogether. That would be amazing, but they play the Bengals in the last game of the season. So they're going to get to at least eight wins. <clears throat> um, the Ravens, obviously, will be the ones who can mm. stop them, uh, who are probably going to, well, we think they will lose tomorrow. Uh, let me just check you. Ravens have got uh, the Bucks, Chargers and Browns in the final three games. So I think for them, Really, they need the charges to have locked up a wild card and to be resting people two weeks early um, to give them the choice. But yeah, it would be it'd be quite something, wouldn't it, if the Steelers messed up from where they were?
1: It would be. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying with the way that they've played the last few weeks. and Remember, they didn't play well against Jacksonville either, even though they won that game. They've not no. played well for quite a while now, Pittsburgh. Um, no. You know, you could say they played quite well in the first half against ourselves. But they didn't get the job done and that's that's what matters at the end of the day. Um, so it's definitely something that sprung into my mind, um, especially whilst I had a few angry Steelers fans uh, coming at me for my comments on Twitter um, after Sunday Night Football last week. I'd just love actually- if they missed out on the playoffs after a bit of the the salty remarks that we had about referees the, and whatnot,
2: they're usually they're usually such a classy fun base as well. Yeah, I know.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah
2: fighting fight between each other in the stands and then choking pregnant, charged women.
1: Yeah, so that's not not the best, is it? No, nah, no, they're, they're the normally
2: place. so so well behaved and such
1: uh, such angels. <laughs> anyway, before we lose the whole of the uh, Steelers fan that listen to the pod, let's move on to the lines of the Cardinals. Um, Detroit favored by three and a half over under forty-five and a half. So it's another one of those basement battles for me in this uh, little rundown. Um, both yeah. teams heading for a top five pick, so probably um, looking towards the spring in that, that draft and just weighing up which prospects they might have their eye on. Uh, so it's you know, like I say probably in their interest to lose. Unfortunately, both can't do that. Um, Arizona sort of, sort of played themselves out of contention for the number one pick last year um, by beating Green Bay in the most shocking result of the weekend last week. Detroit should win. Uh, but the, because the Cards are a bad football team, but who knows? Tanking does happen. Race to the bottom for 60 minutes could happen. Um, there's absolutely no chance that I'll be tuning into this one on Sunday. I have no idea. Um, you know what? What to call for this one? Lions should win on paper. But who cares? It's just a basement battle, like I said.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's much more to say on that. Um, I'm assuming Carry On Johnson's out still. I've not seen any kind of news on him. Um, I, I do want the Cardinals to win. I love David Johnson and Josh Rosen. It's been average at best, but I, I think that um, Steve Wilkes probably deserves another season. I don't want, don't really want to see him losing his job, but yeah, it's it's a nothing game and there's nothing on the line.
1: Yeah. <laughs> should we just move
2: straight on? Yeah, yeah. Go on to um, slightly better games. The uh, the late Sunday night game. Mm,
3: Absolutely.
2: Uh, yeah, should be should be a cracker. I don't know how I'm going to be awake for it because I'm normally
3: <laughs> passed out drunk by then. But Rams, Rams three-point favorites on the
2: road in Chicago over a pretty big fifty-one point five against this Chicago defense. I think that's a very, a very risky line to be trying to take the over on. Mm,
1: definitely, I'll
2: definitely be with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Should be a really good game. The Rams struggled a little bit against the Lions last week. I did not think that they would uh, take that long to score the points, but they broke them down at the end and covered the spread. So that's all they really needed to do. Uh, Todd Gurley, oh, I was throwing stuff around when he did what he did. Three minutes left in the game, and he falls falls to the ground on the one yard line. Um, <laughs> a, a certain bookie messed up and gave me twenty-five to one on, t- on sc- him scoring two touchdowns. So. Um, wow, okay. I was very relieved to see him get up and get in the end zone in the end um, mm. to, to get a nice little win for myself there, but yeah, anyway, away from that uh, the, the most interesting bit of this game is the pass rush. you got Sue and Donald on one side against Mac and Akeem Hicks on the other side mm. um, which should be intriguing if you're into those kind of things, it's it, it really is the, the key to the game is those four players really, the the Uh, Rams offensive line is very good. The Bears offensive line has been okay. But Trubisky's back, which is a big thing for the Bears because his mobility could be key in this one. If uh, Sue and Donald can get pressure, he's going to need to get out of the pocket and he's going to need to run the
1: ball. Hmm. Yeah, Um, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, Goff and and Trubisky are going to have to be on their toes, I would say, with that pass rush.
3: Um, Yeah.
2: um, Goff, Goff, obviously, he's had his guys all year. The Cooper Cup injury has definitely affected him. Josh Reynolds is good, but he doesn't seem to have the same kind of uh, connection with him, uh, which I would expect them to have been working on. Uh, Also, the bye week doesn't seem to have helped them. Normally they come out fresh, whereas I think Gurley was reported as saying he was knackered after last week, which obviously he's had a pretty busy game, but Mm. normally after the bye week they come out and say they're completely fresh. So, bit of a weird one, but yeah, I, I don't Honestly, I don't really know who's going to win this one. That's why it should be such an intriguing game. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's, uh, like I said, before, an absolute corker of Sunday night football for two weeks in a row. Um, I'm going to lay my neck on the line, and as the driver of the Bears hype train for quite a while now, I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say the Bears are going to win, and they're going to go on to win the NFC North, and they are going to win a playoff game.
2: I, I'll give you two out of three there. The playoff game I think could well be against the Seahawks um, if they're the sixth seed um, mm. and I'm not sure that Trubisky is going to beat Russell Wilson, frankly um, but I, I definitely think they'll win the NFC North I've cashed out my Vikings bet a while ago because mm. I realised I was dead <laughs> um, and I I I am leaning towards the Bears winning this one this weekend Um mm but it's not one I'll be putting money on oh
1: yeah That's just sure. just sit back with a couple of beers and enjoy the spectacle I would say
2: yeah fingers crossed like I would say last time there was the big Sunday night game I slept through the nine o'clockers and given the fact that <laughs> given the fact that your Chargers are playing my Bengals
1: I'll probably sleep through that one <laughs> and tr- try and get over for the Ramsby Bears instead <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that, that, that possibly could be. Uh, I don't want to be too committal to this. I don't, really, I don't want to pour it on too much, as like I said before, in case it does come round and bite me on the backside. But I think that could be a good tactic to employ.
2: Yeah, don't jinx yourself. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying not to do desperately. Um, I kind of wish it was a little bit closer in that regard and we could have a bit more back and forth there. I don't want to be too one sided.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think me and most other Bengals fans, if you look at, um, at Bengals UK, who they UK. Um, they, have, they ask for predictions from about 10 of us and all of them got the Chargers winning.
3: Oh, wow. So,
1: so <laughs> I, I think
2: it's hit, it's hit that time of the year yeah. where everyone's resigned to just dying for the rest of the season. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to the, on to the final game, Monday Night Football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Vikings at Seahawks. I was aforementioned Seattle Seahawks. Um, Seahawks favoured by a field goal and the over-under is 45 and a half. Um, So I feel like the Seahawks have actually overachieved as much as the Vikings have underachieved in this one, in this season, Uh, which makes me want to pick Seattle, uh, naturally, with that sort of bias that that would create, Uh, but I'm not going to, I think the Vikings are a better football team out of these two, Um, just overall, I feel like they've got better playmakers on the offensive uh, side of the ball, uh, quarterback, uh, nonwithstanding, and... um, yeah, They've got playmakers on the other side of the ball as well that need to step up. I will admit that, but they, I think they do have a better level. Um, Kirk Cousins, however, will be under the spotlight, and he doesn't do that well under the spotlight when the bright lights are on him. Um, but one more loss could be absolutely terminal to the bike season. Uh, so I feel like it's sort of put up a short time, they've paid him a lot of money, and he needs to start delivering on that, I'd say. Um, and I think. You know, this is again the season one for both teams, so this could go a real long way to settling those wild card spots in the FC. It almost feels like an eliminator for all those. Uh, both those teams occupy those spots at the moment, um, with a hungry pack sort of behind them, and, and winnable games for a couple of those teams. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. To see another another real tight one that I don't want to put any money on. Um, really, and just want to sit back and watch it and see see what happens with the with the, you know how it goes.
2: Yeah, it should be a really, really good game. Again, it's uh, one of those I wish I had the Tuesday off work. I'm going to have to try and figure out my sleep pattern to be able to watch this one. Because, yeah, like you said, the wildcard picture is really quite intriguing in both divisions at the moment. Uh, both conferences at the moment. Yeah. The Vikings have really disappointed me. I, they were my pick for the Super Bowl this year. Um, like you said, Kirk Cousins in prime time. Is not very good, and against teams with a winning record, it's even worse. Mm. But I agree with you again on the Seahawks that they're, they're just not, they're, they're like the Texans really. They're not looking like they should win games,
3: mm. but
2: they somehow dig out the results. And it's, it's the run game mainly that they're leaning on. I mean, last week was another 150 odd yards on the ground. Russell Wilson completed 11 passes yeah. for 100, 185 yards and four touchdowns. And it's just how how do you predict these kinds of things? How how can you keep that up week on week? But he's a very good QB, yeah. and that that seems to be the answer at the moment is just run 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 run, and then let him throw a couple of balls. Yeah, and, and
1: then throw a touchdown to Tyler Lockett most of the time.
2: Yeah, one one for fifty-two and one touchdown last week, <laughs> and it's just it. Yeah, I I I'm completely with you though. I, much thing. I think the Vikings are a much better team, but the Seahawks just seem to be getting it done at the moment, and I have no idea which way this game's going to go. I think it'll be quite a close one. Yeah. I think the thing Xavier Rhodes is back fully fit this week. He was unlimited snaps last week, which is a big, big plus for the Viking secondary. But if the Seahawks, if the Seahawks are only going to throw fifteen passes, then I'm not sure <laughs> how much the secondary really matters. Yeah, it doesn't at
1: all um, say so it gets taken yeah. out the game in that sense.
2: No, the, the only the main upside for the Vikings is that the Seahawks aren't great against pass catching backs. So if they figure out that Dale, Dalvin Cook is a very good pass catching back, finally, <laughs> then they should basically just keep on using him. But they don't seem to have been doing
3: that this year either.
1: Yeah, he's been one of the underwhelming factors for this Vikings team. I would say he seems to only just be getting it together. You uh, late stages of year two, although you know he was curtailed by injury in his first year. Um, you know, we'll see how that one develops, I guess. But don't worry too much about your Vikings prediction for the Super Bowl. Uh, my pre-season Super Bowl prediction was the Rams up there versus the Jags. So I got it r- more wrong than you in that sense. Yeah, you got one of them right. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but possibly. Yeah, I
2: mean, obviously you couldn't mention your team because... You don't want to don't want to put that on them, but Tim no. had Tim had the charges, didn't he?
1: He did, he did. He's a believer. He's a believer. And
2: I I had the Texans, which
1: oh. after <laughs> after the
2: first month wasn't looking great, but as my outsider, they they're looking a little bit closer now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And I think it's quite open there, if going to be honest. Sort so of hope hope for that one, yeah, I would say.
2: Yeah, yeah, it should be. Yeah, the the Jags are they they're officially eliminated now, aren't oh, they? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: they are officially eliminated. <laughs> as if that. As if that actually mattered, I think we could have yeah. said that a few weeks ago, yeah. to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I think everyone knew for ages, but yeah, yeah. mathematically done, now.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so but yeah, the,
2: the, this game should be a great ending to the weekend, and yeah. um, it, it's reached that time of the year now where all, a lot of the games are really, really good.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of both ends of the spectrum, it's kind of like that Cardinals-Lions game at one end, or it's games like this, so yeah. Just got to pick and choose your games properly now, um, no, no point in wasting your time, like, as I did last week watching the Colts and the, the Jags.
3: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a strange choice,
2: if you had a choice of any game, that is probably not the one I would have picked.
1: It, it was kind of just like a car crash, I, I, it was one of those where I just had to carry on, just watching it. it you just, just couldn't been, look away. Yeah, just couldn't look away, and just continued to watch how bad it got. It didn't disappoint in that regard, I would say. <laughs> it definitely not <didn't laughs> no, no it, it did not improve yeah, no, not at all anyway, so that wraps us up that wraps up for our um, week of games so yeah, thanks for that uh, dropping some knowledge bombs on us there just before we move on to the punting section just want to announce our jersey winner for our November competition which is obviously the uh, Larry Fitzgerald jersey um, this obviously would have been announced on the Tuesday pod, actually was uh, but due to technical gremlins we weren't able to release that episode so again, apologies for everyone to that um, but yeah, please to announce after uh, you know a little bit of a uh, break, uh, is the winner is Adrian Drake, uh, Adrian Drake who goes by the Twitter handle at Adrian Drake, unsurprisingly. So well done to you, sir. Um, let us know you're listening. Send us a DM to the full Ten Yards Twitter account to claim your prize. Uh, we'll give you a week, so you know we we'll give you a little bit of time. If not, uh, if we don't get uh, a winner claiming for that one, we'll uh, we'll announce another one uh, next Friday. Um, so yeah, nice. See, welcome to him. Um, See, so yeah, let's move on to our punting section, as Tim yeah. says. Let's um, win some cash.
2: I was talking with Mr. Drake last night on Twitter. Actually, he's a Panthers fan.
1: Okay. Very nice. Um,
2: so yeah, he's he's definitely active on Twitter. So hopefully he's listening.
1: Good. Yeah, Adrian, get in touch. Yeah, you've won yourself a Larry Fitzgerald jersey. Nice.
0: Okay, it's that time where I try and win you some cash. Tim obviously is not available this week, so I'll be doing his and mine. I apologise for the extreme amount of my voice this week, but it is what it is. Unfortunately, Tim's not available, so you got me as for the preview, and unfortunately, me for the betting bits as well. Just a quick recap on last week I'll skim through the early bits because the money line was let down by the Colts for both of us they obviously lost in a thrilling 6-0 game against the Jacksonville Jaguars that also let down Tim's handicap the Steelers let down mine uh, Tim, in fairness, did land the under 47.5 on the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Colts uh, just by the 41.5 points He uh, he nailed that uh, but he went with under on the Chargers versus Pittsburgh game. That was one head to head I actually won, but it didn't help either of us because I was let down by Cleveland versus Houston on the overs on the um, totals bet there. The anytime scorers, Tim hit three out of four of his. Unfortunately, the injury to Matt Brader let him down on his four which was about eight to one on Unibet. Uh, for me, I had Devontae Adams at 10 to 11. That one landed. Uh, the Gus the Bus did not, and DJ Moore did not. Uh, the Outsiders, Patrick Mahomes, he had, he did not get a touchdown, but had an Umphre- Adam Humphreys with an Humphreys. He scored at five to two for a Tim. I had Colin Sutton at twenty-one to ten. He scored against my Bengals, and I also, you may have heard this. I had Adam Shaheen at twenty to one on Sky He scored for the Chicago Bears to. Pretty much cover everything for the next couple of weeks for me. I could lose everything and still be in profit for the week. Um, Tim's nap was the Colts to beat Jacksonville. Obviously, that didn't happen. His next best was McCaffrey. That did happen. I had the Steelers minus three against the Chargers. That did not happen. And my next best was Devonte Adams anytime. At 10 to 11, that did happen. So we both landed our next best. We both failed on our nap. But we both landed the upset. We both went with Baltimore at 21-20. to So definitely profit over the weekend for both of us, um, if we mesh them all together. Uh, more profit for me with my 20-1 Adam Sheen, which we are a team, but I do like to mention when I do quite well. So yeah, not too bad. Anyway, on to this week. As I say, Tim's not with me, so I'll be doing mine and his this week. My money line bet. I have Green Bay at home to Atlanta. I've got Denver at San Francisco. I've got Seattle at home to Minnesota. And I've got the Chiefs at home to Baltimore and that is just I believe it's three point nine nine to one on Skybet, so about four to one on Skybet. Uh the Packers, Rogers finally got rid of Mick McCarthy this week. I knew I was gonna do that. Mike McCarthy this week. Mick McCarthy of course the Ipswich manager or former Ipswich manager, now Republic Island manager, but anyway, who cares? Um, Mike McCarthy has finally gone from Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is going to show people that it was him that was holding him back all this time, and I do think that they will put up quite a few points against the Falcons this week. Uh, the Broncos on the road in San Francisco. Uh, Manuel Sanders is out, as we mentioned earlier, for the season, but As I said earlier, the 49ers need to lose, the Broncos need to win. Broncos should win it. The Seahawks, this should be a really close game. Um, But it's Kirk Cousins in prime time, and I'm fading that. He has struggled badly in prime time, especially against teams with a winning record, which the Seahawks currently do have. Um, So it, it was the one I added, I'll admit, it was the one I added to try and boost up the odds a bit because... All the rest were really short. So I took a slight risk and with it being the even match. Um the evening match, you can probably lay it off if you really want. Uh the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs will beat Baltimore. I also have them in a second, which I shall mention. Um so yeah, that fourfold was Green Bay, Denver, Seattle, the Chiefs. About four to one on Skybet. Tim's. Moneyline bet this week, he has the Rams The Broncos, the Buffalo Bills The Saints and the Texans And that was 6.06 to 1 On Skybet Um, The Rams are On the road in Chicago, I'll be Honest personally, I do Not think this one's That great, I think this is going to be a very Very tight game, but I'd Imagine he put that in there just to add a Just to top the odds a bit, that was Probably his risky one for the week Uh, Buffalo are home to the Jets the Bills have been the better team over the last few weeks so I'm sure that one will come in the Saints are uh, at Tampa Bay the weather's going to be pretty awful here but the Saints, they're they're just the better team they should win it and the Texans, well the Texans have won 9 in a row so I don't think you can really go against them despite the fact that they're hosting a far more entertaining Colts team Uh, so yeah Uh, Rams, Broncos, Bills, Saints and Texans 6.06 to 1 on Skybet is Tim's Moneyline bet. My handicap bet is the Chiefs minus 6.5, the Colts plus 4.5 and the Raiders plus 10. Um, That comes out to 5.81 to 1 on Bet365. You may be able to find slightly better elsewhere but I, I basically... I go for 365 for most of mine just because it's a nicer website to use Um, yeah the Chiefs they're playing against it's basically top offence versus top defence and the fact that Mahomes has a bloody laser arm I don't see how the Ravens are going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs frankly that's the problem a lot of teams have had this year Uh, the Chiefs have won all their games at home so I don't see why they won't be able to cover 6.5 points the Colts on the road at the Texans. The Texans have won all the home games. No, the Texans are five and one at home. Um, but I think the Colts will be alright. I think the Colts will recover from their mess up last week, and I think they'll be able to keep it fairly tight, probably within a, within a uh, field goal. So them getting four and a half points, I'm happy to take. And as we said earlier, with the Steelers, they tend to overlook games like this and tend to kind of, kind of mess up, especially on the road. Uh, with the Saints and the Patriots coming up for them, I think that they will probably win the game, but I don't think they're going to cover 10 against the Raiders, who scored pretty well last week against the Chiefs. So i um, got Oakland plus 10. That was around, well, yeah, 5.81, just under 6-1 to and 365. <laughs> Tim's handicap for the week is Washington Redskins plus three. I believe it's three and a half, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's taken a little bit off it on the um, alternate handicaps. Washington plus three. The charge is minus 14. And Miami plus seven and a half. And that came to 6.33 to one on a marathon bet. Uh, the, the Redskins game is interesting. It's against uh, the hosts and the Giants, but they're without Colt McCoy and they're without a couple of their main offensive linemen. Um, so, for me, personally, I will not be taking it, but hey, Tim has. And he's done pretty well with these recently, so I can't knock him. The Chargers, minus 14, they should cover that against this Bengals team. This Bengals team is awful. There's a good chance that Jeff Driscoll could get injured in this game because Bosa and Ingram against this offensive line is something I am really not looking forward to as a Bengals fan. The Dolphins, the Dolphins have actually won four out of five straight up against the Patriots in in Miami over the last five weeks, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Miami Dolphins cover seven and a half points. So I definitely can't argue with that one. Uh, Tim's totals, he has gone for under forty-nine and a half in the Colts versus Texans, which I believe. Yep, I've taken that as well. So. I can't argue with that one. He's gone for over 40.5 in Detroit versus Arizona. I can only assume that with it being such a low total, that that's why he's gone with that and the fact that the Lions can put up points is going to be inside and that's why Matty Stafford does his business. And he has gone for under 53.5 in the Chiefs versus Baltimore. As I said earlier, it's Baltimore, they are the best defense in the league and i think they will struggle to put up points against the chiefs so i can understand why he's gone for that i was a little i was tempted um but again that's th- three lots of ten to eleven which is just under six to one my totals was the under fifty four and a half in new orleans versus tampa bay uh the weather's meant to be pretty awful there and with it being a divisional match, it normally keeps it quite tight. So 54.5 is quite a high total. I think it'll go under that. Uh, the Colts versus Texans under 50, I've already mentioned. And Bengals versus Chargers. I've gone over 47.5. We know that the Chargers won't have trouble putting up points. And I think it could well be a game like the, their game against the Cardinals the other week, where they won 43.10, um, I think it was. Basically, they put up most of the points, but I I can see the Bengals getting a touchdown at least, and I can see the Chargers getting six or seven of them, frankly. So, yeah, around six to one for that on 365. So, my any times for the night are Devontae Adams again. I've got him at four to five. Um, This will be on Skybet for the fourfold. Uh, there's a couple of slightly better prices out there if you take them individually, but for the fourfold it has to be on the obviously the same site. Devontae Adams four to five for the Packers. Nick Chubb eight to eleven for the Browns. Uh Philip Lindsay one to two. Awful odds. But he's on fire at the moment. And Justin Jackson is eleven to ten on Skybet. Uh for that fourfold, I've got eight to eight point eight one to one on Skybet as I say, there are slightly better prices for these guys individually if you did want to take them. Devontae Adams, he's playing for the Packers. They've just lost uh, Mike McCarthy. (laughs) Bloody McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Um, Rogers is going to put on a show, I reckon. Uh, And Devontae Adams is his main guy. I was going to go for Aaron Jones as well, but his odds are even shorter. So I went with Adams. Uh, Nick Chubb, he's playing against the Panthers, who've let quite a lot of points up recently just don't seem to be able to stop people scoring. They did get rid of their defensive coordinator and another defensive coach this week, so that could change, but I doubt it will change in a week. Uh, Philip Lindsay, as I say, he's on fire at the moment. He is putting up points everywhere and scoring and putting up yards on everyone. Um, He is against the 49ers who basically they need to lose. They don't need to win so I'd be surprised if they do anything to stop him and Justin Jackson for the Chargers Austin Eckler and him are the two guys that are, who are going to be playing uh, most of the snaps but Justin Jackson was the guy who turned the game around last week for them against the Steelers so I believe that he will get quite a lot more of the game than he did last week um, so it taken, well, I wanted to take the 74, frankly on Unibet but I had to take the eleven to ten on Skybet so that I could get the fourfold together. Um so yeah, that's about it for me on that one. Um Tim's any times. He has Mark Ingram at eleven to ten, Philip Lindsay one to two, and Jalen Samuels for the Steelers at eleven to ten. Uh, Mark Ingram for the Chargers, they um for the Chargers for the Saints. they are at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay have struggled on defense all year, so I can understand why he's taken them. Uh, Philip Lindsay, as I've mentioned already, on fire at the moment. Uh, Jalen Samuels for the Steelers. He there's reports that he's going to be in a running back by committee, but Steelers don't tend to do that. Um, apparently, him and Stephen Ridley have both been taking snaps this week. It it seems seems fairly obvious that Samuels is going to take. The bulk of the role. He's scored both the times that he's had to come in for them, and um, when Connor's gone down with injury. So I definitely think that's a decent one, at 11 to 10. Uh, I've not put together the treble. Unfortunately, I'm sure Tim will when he puts it on the website. But those individually were Ingram 11 to 10, Lindsay 1 to 2, and Samuel's at 11 to 10 as well. Here's uh, long shots for the week. He sent me over a few. Um, one did not qualify, it was slightly under 2-1, to one. Uh, but you've got Theo Riddick, 11-5 to five for the Lions, that's on bet Fred. you had got Deshaun Hamilton, who's a very intriguing one for the Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders has snapped his Achilles, he's out for the season. So the Broncos wide receiver core now is Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, and Colin Sutton. So obviously Colin Sutton is pretty much untouchable. He's gone down to, f- I think, 5-4, to four. and there's no way I would bet on him at that. Whereas Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick are both nine to two. So it's a case of pick your poison. Obviously Tim's gone with Hamilton, who will be playing in the slot, and I think that's probably the one to go for. He should see a lot of the ball. And he's also gone for uh Patrick Mahomes. Again, uh he is much better than the twelve to five he got last week. He's nine to two this week on Ladbrokes and Bet Fred um against the Baltimore Ravens. My any my long shots. I am going for Curtis Samuel for the Carolina Panthers. He's 7-2 on Paddy Power at the moment. Uh, they're against the Browns. Uh, they're going to have to put up points, and Samuel seems to score on about a quarter of his um, catches at the moment. I was looking at going for Chris Godwin. He's slightly under the 2-1 odds of 15-8 to on Betfred um, for the Bucks. Uh With Deshaun Jackson out, he should get a lot of the ball, but... Obviously, I can't can't nominate him for this, unfortunately. He's very, very slightly early under. So, I will go for Rashad Penny, 10-3 to 3 on Paddy Power. Uh, Chris Carson dislocated his finger last week. He will be playing this week, but obviously with a recovery from dislocated finger as a running back, it's probably not going to be the best thing to do. So, I will not be surprised if Rashad Penny gets a little bit more of the ball and 10-3. to 3. I'm happy to take that despite the fact he's going to get decent... Vikings defence. And then I've got a couple to go for huge odds. Uh you've got Jake Kumerow or Kumarov, uh for the Packers at eighteen to one. Aaron Rodgers loves him. He was talking about him all off season, unfortunately got injured. But he's back. He only had one catch last week. I'm hoping that was kind of an opener and that he'll be played a little bit more this week with different management slash coaching behind him. 18-1. Uh, to 1. I, I've got to take it, really, unfortunately. It's one of those... I'll probably take him 18-1. to 1. He won't score this week, and then he'll probably score at shorter odds next week. But we'll give it a go. Uh, and I also have my even longer long shot is Detrez Newsome for the Chargers at 22-1 to 1 on Unibet. Uh, Unibet have got a lot of good prices out if you get them early enough. Uh, the Chargers... Probably are going to kill the Bengals this week and Newsome when um, Melvin Gordon went out the other week he ended up having quite a lot in the fourth quarter so if he gets that again I'm quite happy to risk a small amount on 22-1 to at Unibet so that's about it for this week that sums up the punting section of the podcast so it's back to Lee and me uh, back in the back in the studio so to speak um, good luck if you're following anything, fingers crossed we'll be able to keep up the run that we've been on.
1: Okay, yeah, so there's the punting section over. Um, you know, Take that advice, I would say. Um, we have Adam and Tim on, obviously, with their betting knowledge, and they'll win you some cash. Um, how have you been doing recently on your, your betting sections, Adam?
2: We had a pretty good, um, I, I gave out a lovely winner last week, a 20-to-1 winner uh we are pretty much i think we could lose every week for the rest of the season and we'll still be in profit for the year so yeah pretty well
1: yeah i think that's the, the general wave its not it you've been uh doing pretty well i'd say uh, so yeah say you're for a nice little self plug there
2: yeah <laughs> yeah definitely we did, we've we've done well for ourselves and tim tim knows what he's doing i can i'll give him credit with that i know he worked for the industry for a while so yeah he knows he knows the ins and outs and he knows what he's doing
1: yeah so there you go, everyone. Um, sage advice from these two. Um, definitely, uh, you know, if you've got a lot of cash to spare and you fancy winning some more from it, you know, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't do badly following their advice. Um, so just before we wrap this up, I uh, just want to remind everyone for our December competition, which has now started. Um, hit us up on our Twitter. Have a look at our pin tweet. Uh, the prize for this uh, one is a Christmas jumper from a team of your choice. All you've got to do is send us a voice by it. Uh, record as an intro to the podcast and uh, you know we'll play the best one and that'll be the winner Um literally only takes a few clicks, I've done it before previously um, before I started to co-host the podcast uh, it's really easy, like I said, just a few clicks and you can do it over and over again if um, you don't get it right for the first time so don't worry too much on that and um, it's easy and you can win a free bit of merch and who doesn't love winning free stuff um, so yeah we'd like a few entries for that we'd like to get voiced by, it, sort of, uh, more involved in the podcast actually, you might get some questions from listeners Moving forward, if it's taken up pretty well, so we're pretty excited about that. So, um, yeah, like, please have a few, have a go, have a go at the competition, even if you know you're just messing about. Um, you never know, you might like it. Uh, we've got a bit of a weird humor sometimes. Um, so yeah, just want to just point you point you in the way of that, just for a wrap up. Um, so that is going to do us. Um, thanks to Adam for coming on. Uh, as I said earlier, give him a follow on Touchdown Tips, and you can find him in his indigenous habitat of his website by the same name. Uh, and make him your go-to guy for NFL betting um, So yeah, thanks Adam, cheers for coming on
2: Yeah, no problem mate Yeah, Obviously your handle is out full 10 yards um, Yeah, mine Touchdowntips.com or tdtips.com I have little write-ups On every single game every week It takes me a bloody long time So uh, <laughs> any reads are appreciated it has, it, It's really blown up the show I'm really, really chuffed With the amount of reads I get each week And thank you to everyone who does read them uh, my Sunday one's generally about 500 views, which personally, given the fact that it was down at 100-ish last year, it, it's just been amazing. So keeps me going, and I very much appreciate all of it.
1: Oh, excellent, yeah, but I'm not, not that knowledgeable in betting, and for that reason, I don't dip my toe in the water uh, a great deal, uh, but it's really good to see your hard work. I've read your work. It's good. Uh, I would advise anyone to have a look over there, and that's obviously why we have you on. Uh, so yeah, yeah, good to see your hard work rewarded, Um, God to hear you sort of getting the love that you deserve. um yeah, thank you. Just for, yeah, just for a go out, I uh, just want to say thanks to the listeners, uh, sorry again for the miss miss of the Tuesday podcast, uh, thanks to you all who keep listening to us and supporting us all on Twitter and our other various um, little projects that we've got going on, uh, all this would be pointless without you guys, and we'd just be talking air a couple of times a week, uh, which would be a bit pointless really, wouldn't it? So keep up the good work. Uh don't forget to like, retweet, share, rate, and of course review for every opportunity you can. We love interacting with our listeners. Hence why we want to get bite and the questions sort of in- integrated uh if we can in the uh in the near future. Uh so it's great to sort of interact with the fans of the game just in general as well. Um the more retweets, reviews and etc. that we get, the further we can spread this message and sort of have more fun. Uh so yeah, let's just close this out. So um yeah, goodbye from Adam. Goodbye and to honour Tim, I'm just going to close this out by saying in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye from me now, bye-bye.
0: for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or
3: twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com